Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Twelve oh six News Radio seven hundred WLW. The great American is out. The average American is in to guide you and all of us through the next three hours, so we can figure out what's going on in the real world. And uh, at the top of the list is a um, shall we say a meeting of the minds today at the White House to try and get their arms around exactly what it will take to give Donald Trump his money for his wall and what it will take to make the Democrats happy doing it. And if indeed there is mutual ground, they continue to strive for it. I don't think there is. Certainly not this this uh, this early in the game. And that's what it is. It's a It's a giant game. Interesting things have developed along the border over the last 48 hours. Border agents firing tear gas canisters across the Mexican border on Tuesday to drive back a group of approximately 150 uh, migrants who were trying to enter this country. Allegedly, some of them were throwing rocks at the border agents. That's why the border agents retaliated with the tear gas and with the pepper gas. But the fact of the matter is, comprehensive immigration policy remains at the top of what should be the agenda for everyone. Democrat, Republican, House, Senate, White House in 2019. And until we get to that, we will have this, which appears to be chaos along the border that separates the United States and and Mexico. But do you want, do you want your federal government to spend $5 billion on building a wall? Or call it whatever you want, fencing or metal slats or whatever. Most Americans, according to a poll that is just out, would rather spend that money on other things. They would not want to spend it on the wall. Now, you may feel differently, but that's just what seems to be the tenor in the United States right now. So does it get built? Do they find common ground? And will we ever get some sort of comprehensive immigration policy that will address a lot of, a lot of different things, including dreamers? Now, you'll get varying opinions on that, one opinion that we like at this radio station, because we have had her on before, and uh, she, um, she knows her stuff. Uh, and it's great to welcome back to 700 WLW. Uh, hang on one second. We, uh, we thought we had her, and then she dropped out. But I'll continue with my little diatribe until we get our guest back on the line. Matt, you work on that. You let me know when she's on there. But uh, Pallavi Alawalia is someone who understands this immigration system inside out. She uh, knows the pathway to citizenship better than most immigration attorneys. She represents this kind of thing to a lot of Fortune 500 companies. She knows immigration law inside out. Been following the events at the border 
and uh, is uh, standing by to weigh in on that right now. Pallavi Alawalia is someone that understands exactly what's going on, what has transpired in the last 48 hours. And frankly, until and if we get our arms around this, this is going to be a major, major issue for the United States and also for the countries that border the United States. So let's welcome in now. We have her on the hotline, Pallavi Alawalia, who joins us now here on 700 WLW. Uh, Pallavi, welcome to 700 WLW. How are you today? A wonderful morning to you. I'm doing very well. How are you? I'm Happy well. New Year. Happy New Year to you, too. What is your, first of all, let's talk about current affairs and what's transpired in the last 48 hours. Your thoughts on that, the uh, confrontation between some of the people that want to enter this country, albeit illegally, throwing rocks at agents and agents firing back with tear gas. I just think it, be, it speaks to the, uh, to the chaos, not only down there, but also with our government and its inability to get its arm around, uh, arms around this problem. What do you think? Yes, I agree with that completely. I think um, uh, there has to be a mischief element across the border as well because once they know or there's desperation, so it has to be looked at both ways. Um, either these guys are extremely foolish because they know that this has happened before and uh, CBP is being tough. We know also the current administration's uh, policies are not very uh, migrant-friendly or immigrant-friendly. And um, uh, rather than trying to jump over, I think they should go to CBP and check themselves at in and seek asylum as everyone else is doing. So I think there is a, a fair amount of foolishness is what I'd call it. Um, but at the same point, I can also see some desperation. So I'm not being able to understand uh, what's going on with the migrants for them to just even make this thing happen right now. Well, let's talk about the one side of foolishness, and then we'll talk about the other. Um, sure. I mean... <laughs> There is a there's a belief, maybe not uh, among this group, but 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 certainly among a lot of groups, that if you get this kind of mob mentality, that eventually you can get your way, that you can get, you can overrun whatever authority there may be. Now that may be something that works in the countries they're coming from, or it may be just something, as you say, out of desperation. Either way, uh, things like that don't normally have happy endings. So. I'm not sure if when when this caravan or whatever you want to call it came through South America that what was going on was really well thought out. At least that's the way it seems to me. What about to you? I, I don't think it's, it's a, a very organized way of doing it because then you won't be climbing fences, right? You'd be standing in line and, uh, you know, get into the line. But, uh, again, like I say, that I see desperation on their part as well. And, I mean, if they're swaddling little kids and toddlers and throwing them across the fence, there's uh, really uh, not too much thought that's going into this whole thing. And, of course, um, on this side, I think our stance is also a lot more aggressive. Um, so uh, maybe we're safeguarding our borders or maybe we're just um, following a rhetoric which has been out there that these guys are bad and they're not welcome. Well, uh, and it could also be that we just want to know who are these people why are they coming here it could as you say out of desperation i think that's the case in a in a lot of cases but i think we have to know who they are first i mean that's kind of like the way it works when you go through the the normal path of of immigration into this country i think that's fair to say too is it not Correct. I, I think so. I think it is uh, It is fair to say that they should not be crossing the border illegally. Um, but I think it's, it's a dash to 
maybe safety for them mm-hmm. and they don't realize that they're not welcome right now so and i think that's where i call it a little foolish because if you know what the current stance is then you should kind of modify your behavior accordingly and not not just keep uh, trying to push through the border and then get tear gassed at so but just the images are horrific they're not very pleasant yeah let's let then now let's look at it from the opposite side which is what allegedly is going to begin happening today. The partial government shutdown is over the fact that uh, Donald Trump, President Trump, did not get the $5 billion for this wall, and he's going to talk today with Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, and they're all going to have this big powwow at the, um, at the White House. But let's just look at that for a second. How much, of, how much of what's going on is simply politics, and one side doesn't want the other side to win. Because if you look at what the Democrat stance was as late as nine years ago, they wanted a wall. They wanted something that would keep illegal immigration at a simmer and give a chance for the normal immigration path to be followed. So it seems to me there's a lot of there are a lot of buzzwords that are being thrown around here and a lot of heel digging because they don't one side doesn't want the other side to win. I I, I find that not only yes, disingenuous, I, I, I find it disturbing. Yes, well, I would say that there is politicking, of course. Um, but also, I mean, if it's just a wall that they're fighting about, I think they should be in agreement as to what measures would work. Uh, we're in a world of technology right now. We should have better surveillance systems. We should have better things. I mean, fencing it, doing whatever, I think there is not a lack of agreement for that. I think uh, what the agreement is, like, putting in money towards just a straight-out wall, because if you're going to do that, you may have these people start digging under it and come through tunnels. And, you know, I mean, if people are desperate or they are a criminal, they would do either, right? Yeah. So so at this point, my thought is, yeah, you don't want to put that much money into a wall, but yes, you want to put it into security of the border, and you must do it in a smarter way. And today's uh, smart ways don't necessarily involve um, having concrete things or steel slats or whatever they're calling them. I think they need to have a better surveillance system. Yeah. Well, Pallavi, you know the pathway to citizenship. Uh, I did not immigrate to this country, but three generations ago, my, my, my ancestors immigrated to this country. There's a way you go, to, go about it. How difficult is that? Rather than what's going on there, just walk us through how difficult it is. Say you're coming from um, uh, a country, let, let's let's say you're coming from Bulgaria, you're coming from Iran, Iraq. Let's say you're coming from Argentina. You want to you want to live in the United States, and you want to come through this country and apply for citizenship legally. How difficult a process is that? It's it's a very long drawn process. Uh, number one, citizenship comes way at the end of this uh, the road or the pathway. Um, the first, you have to qualify for different categories, and the categories are either a family-based track or there's an employment-based track. If you seek the employment-based track, you must have either degree or experience and an employer who goes through the entire process for you. Um, And we're talking about where these guys want to attain permanent residence. We're not talking about several other non-immigrant visa categories that they can utilize. So it just depends on that. And then, of course, there's the asylum refugee path, mm-hmm. right? And if it is asylum and you qualify for it and based on uh, discrimination against you in your country, based on rate, ethnicity, uh, religion, uh, then you do qualify for asylum.
asylum also, and we are part of that. Uh, uh, that is part of our law. Now, um, uh, doing it illegally doesn't make it easier because once you come into the country and you've kind of gotten caught, you're going to be put into deportation proceedings, and then you'll bring up the asylum claim. So, uh, but for a lot of them, I think the ones they think about America as a safety um, net, uh, you know, a beacon of hope, and I think they want to run from their circumstances and pay out a lot of money to just make it there. But yes, to your question, uh, the path um, into the country and seeking permanent residence, um, say, for example, I'll say um, uh, if it's a Bulgarian uh, and they're seeking an employment-based path, then it's going to take them maybe seven, eight years, nine years. Wow. Um, if it's Indians, it may take them 20 years, and they're the engineers and the doctors that this country is seeking. So, uh, so they're 20 years to get a green card. Um, they can come into the country on different other non-immigrant visas, but not on green cards. Um, that is a long, uh, drawn shot, even if they have degrees that are master's degrees from here. So you're telling me if someone, and again, it doesn't matter from a random country, uh, decides that they want to come to the United States, they, have to, they either have to have family here, they have to have a job waiting for them here, or they could apply for asylum. But in, in, any, in any one of those cases, it's a long, drawn-out process that could take decades. Is that what you're telling me? Uh, yes, yes. So even for the asylum process, I'd say four or five years, um, if they kind of go through that. Uh, the deportation courts are backed up. Uh, some people have been in deportation for the last 10, 12 years. So, I mean, uh, it's it's a problem that needs a resolution. It needs immigration reform. Uh, if there are more judges that need to be appointed to deal with that, that has to be done. Um, if there need to be more numbers that are um, uh, to remove the backlogs, that have to be done. Uh, so, so there is a lot that needs to be done in the system. I mean, we do this. It's a, it's a specialized practice um, with what, what I do, and I see the long lines everywhere. Yeah. Uh, Pallavi Alawali is our guest. She's an immigration expert. You know what would seem logical to me is if um, if they tied all of this to DACA and and just say, look, we have we have children that came to this country illegally 15, 20 years ago. They're no longer children. They're still in this country illegally. Why can't we figure out a way to do that? That would so- solve and satisfy one side of the argument, largely coming from the Democrats. And we could also figure out how to make our immigration laws tighter and not have to go through this, this what seems to be almost a daily occurrence of confrontations at a border wall down along the southern tier of the United States. Would that not make sense to you? Yes, I think it would make a, a very good sense to be able to get the kids uh, on deferred action um, and give them a path uh, to uh, residents into the country legally. Um, but here is something that everyone's going to miss, and that's Republicans as well as Democrats, and that's everyone, that what's also being challenged is the high-skilled immigration, though on one side the rhetoric says that, oh, we welcome the uh, highly skilled people into the country, the merit-based ones. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones that are are being also sent out of the country. As I speak, and every day I have at least three or four consultations of H-1Bs, people that have been in this country, have mortgages here, pay their taxes. Um, they're, uh, they, they're employed with, uh, you know, tech companies or different kind of companies. They're all working, have gotten degrees from here. And because of uh, President Trump's Buy American, Hire American executive order, they're being thrown out by DHS. Okay, they're being unceremoniously denied their H-1B. So there is, there is a lot that needs to change, and I think everyone has to be fair to the whole process. So yes, we should think about DACA, but we should also think about the high-skilled 
people that are being thrown out so, because so, I don't think anyone's hearing that from anyone. Yeah, so they're, so what you're saying is they're falling through the cracks because they simply have to. They're simply not from this country. Are they, are you speaking of people that are in this country legally? That legally, are these, uh, yes, yes. These are tax-paying high. That's a, that's outrageous. Uh, these are these are the ones that um, uh, Republicans or everyone has said that they want in the country. They are being thrown out, and no one knows that. Yeah. So, so, the, so we have different problems here that need to be. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Solved for immigration. Well, that's my point is there's so many different tiers to this. It's easy to say, well, let's build a wall, let's keep people out. But the fact of the matter is, as you just pointed out, there are people in this country that have gone about their business legally and that they're they're paying their taxes and they've gone the right way, gone through the right um, uh, different uh, sets of, of metrics that they have to go through to get inside this country to live here legally. And, and now they're being deported. That seems... That, that 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 seems outrageous to me. Why is no one why why is no one talking about that except you? Because that's not what is got good visuals. People don't see this. This is happening, and I can tell you, I have at least three or four consuls from H-1B holders who have been here, um, and they pay a sizable amount of tax. They're consumers of this economy. They are. They have mortgages here that come to me and say, Pallavi, I have a 10th grader. I'm going to be having to leave the country. I don't know what to do because I don't know when I can return, or when this com- the company will fix my um, H-1B, and I'll go to the consulate, go stamping. So yeah. there is... Deadlines everywhere. What is H-1B, just for those of us that aren't familiar with that term? What does that mean? H-1B is a specialty visa given to people who have at least a bachelor's degree in a specialty. So it can't be given to anyone, say, for example, if you have a a bachelor's in English literature or political science, it won't be given to you unless you're doing a specialized position. So it could be a doctor. It could be an engineer. It could be a quality assurance uh, 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 tester. It could be, uh, I mean, different positions that already require a financial analyst. Yeah. All of those are specialty. We have uh, we have a new Congress that's going to be seated tomorrow. The House is now blue. It's Democrat. The Senate uh, is now more red than what it was before the election in November. And of course, Donald Trump is our president. How much hope do you hold out that this is finally at some point in the near future going to be resolved? Is there hope in your in, in, inside of you that we're finally going to get immigration laws that work in this country? Or do you think it's I, something that's just think- a pipe dream? Yeah, looking at what's happening right now, I think it serves both purposes uh, for everyone to keep the turmoil on because it just is stuff that works for them and rises up basis for everyone. So I don't think that there is, 
enough um, genuineness on part of everyone to say, let's sit down and just see. You know, we have these kids to deal with. We have a border problem. We have these legal people in the country that are struggling. What do we do about all of this? I don't see that that's anyone's focus at this point. Kind of depressing, unfortunately. Because, Unfortunately, yeah, yes. We're one, seeing the brunt yeah, of it. Yep. All one big political game. Uh, Pallavi, uh, always uh, great to have you on here. I, I, I've heard you on the station before, and you've really done a, a terrific job of bringing light to things, as you did today, to things that have not had light shined on it. Pallavi Alawalia, thank you so much for your time here today on 700 WLW. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. She knows immigration law inside out. The sad part about it is, is you know, the the Democrats want open borders. They do. Uh, open borders, more votes. The uh, Republicans don't. They want borders closed. Um, my guess is there's probably a little political play like that in, in, in them. And, and quite frankly, we need to know who the hell's coming into this country. You just can't open the doors and say, hey, come on in. Let's go. Let's round them up. Because invariably, when you do that, it doesn't matter from what country any of these people that want to come in here illegally are from. You're going to get some bad cats. And that's why when you go through the immigration system, which to me sounds outrageous that it takes that long, or you get thrown out because you're just, you know, hire American, work American, that sounds outrageous too. But unfortunately, it's one giant political game, and the pawns are the people that really want to come here, be here, be productive here. It's disgusting on both sides. Just absolutely disgusting. It's 1224. It's the average American for the great American on this Thursday. Is it Thursday or Wednesday? It's Wednesday. I've worked eight straight days. It's Wednesday on 700 WLW. You know, when you think about it, we all came to this country from someplace. Now, my mom and, uh, my mom and dad are second-generation Americans. My, my, uh, my ancestors were from Ireland and Sweden. And they all came through Ellis Island, and they all were processed through there. Now, uh, I don't think it took my my great-great-grandmother and great-great-grandfather 20 years to uh, be allowed into this country. But times were different then. Times are different now. And uh, you, the, the problem with all of this is that it's become a game of rhetoric and a game of politics. When we're not focusing on the problem, we're focusing on... What side does this benefit? Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi don't want Donald Trump to win anything. This could be a battle over how many department stores are allowed in each city. And Trump may want to cap that at 10. And they may want to say, no, 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 we want four. It doesn't matter. They just don't want Donald Trump to win anything. And conversely... This is everything for the president. The president campaigned on this in 2016. It is is the focal point, the center part of his whole campaign in 2016. And if he doesn't win this, he's not going to get reelected in 2020 because his base will run on him. His base is about 40% of the population. And that's strong. That's good. But you can't just win with 40%. So he's caught between a rock and a hard place. He's got to keep his base because if his base runs from him, I don't think they'd vote for whomever the Democrats put up. They'll just sit home in 2020. But if his base runs for him, he's got no shot in 2020. So somehow, some way, both sides have to come out of this thing with some sort of win. 
And I think the easiest thing to do is $5.2 billion, which is nothing when you look at the entire budget of this country. It's like one-tenth of one percent. $5.2 billion is absolutely nothing. So he gets that. They get the dreamers. And everybody goes home happy. That would be the logical settlement to this. But it can't be that way because of politics. It's disgusting. It really is. Nobody sent anybody to Washington this past November to do this. Nobody. Or in 2016. Nobody did. Straight ahead, the president just made hemp legal in all 50 states. That would include Ohio, Indiana, and Kentucky. So what does that mean for you, and should you get into the hemp business? We'll talk about that next. It's the Average American for the Great American on 700 WLW. 1237 News Radio 700 WLW. Welcome back to the show. I am Ken Brew. Proud to be with you on this Wednesday afternoon. Uh, about two weeks ago, right before Christmas, uh, President Trump signed uh, a bill that made hemp legal in all 50 states. 2018 Farm Bill signed uh, December the 20th, I believe. It allows for hemp cultivation and the transfer of hemp derived products from state lines for commercial or other purposes. Hemp is all around us. Kentucky, Pennsylvania, Indiana, except, you got it, the state of Ohio. But could you make some money by investing in these IPO that marijuana companies are going to be uh, issuing here very, very soon? They could be hot, hot, hot. Someone that knows all about the hemp industry is Michael Wells. She is with uh, Rocky Mountain High Brands. He is the CEO, and he joins us here on 700 WLW. Michael, good afternoon. Thank you for joining us. Happy New Year. Good to talk to you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Michael, happy New Year to you. So uh, if someone were uh, to be thinking about where they may want to make some money, would investing in some of these uh, upstart hemp growing companies be a good place? Well, I think it's the biggest financial opportunity since the end of Prohibition. So I, I think the opportunity is there. I think it's uh, important for an investor to do their homework and their due diligence on any company that they're going to in, invest in and make sure that the management team is a strong, stable management team and that the company has a good business plan and that um, their product line is one that uh, shows a lot of potential. And and some of these companies up until now were Uh, Canadian-based. There's still an opportunity up there as we wait for some of these um, uh, United States companies to come online, right? There is. Um, There's an opportunity for Canadian-based companies. There's an opportunity for U.S.-based companies. We're already a publicly traded company, so we we went public. Uh, We were actually a pink sheet company that uh, moved to the OTCQB um, two years ago and became a fully reporting um, OTC um, QB SEC registrant, which means that we file um, 10 Qs and 10 Ks and are a fully transparent, uh, transparent public public reporting company right now. So some companies are will be going through that process um, sort of starting at the beginning um, at this point in time. And when we talk, we're talking about hemp, let's uh, let's 
Let's make a couple of distinctions here. Hemp can be found everywhere, right? I mean, clothing, um, automobiles, hammocks, everything. Hemp has a number of different uh, ways to be used, as well as, obviously, some medicinal purposes and for pain relief and things like that, correct? It does. It uh, depends upon the uh, the plant, the um the actual um, species of the plant, the, the hemp plant that has been cultivated, as to what uh, the use is for that plant. Um, you know, we we base all of our products on uh, organically grown Colorado hemp plants, and so all of our CBD comes from um, Colorado right now. Yeah. But. But some hemp plants are used for CBD oil. Some plants are used for um, a replacement to cotton and textiles and and some of the other uses that you mentioned. Well, it's interesting here in Ohio, uh, the the Ohio Farmers Union, uh, they're all in uh, with the federal uh, pilot program. Uh, Kentucky, Indiana, Pennsylvania, they're all in. Um, but it's it's still illegal in Ohio. What's wrong with us here in Ohio? <laughs> well, that's that's a good question. Um, I was just I was just pulling up my notes from the uh, Hemp Roundtable. I'm um, on the board of directors of the U.S. Hemp uh, Roundtable, mm-hmm. and it looks like Ohio has not established a farm bill that authorize a pilot program and it does not define industrial hemp. It only treats marijuana and THC as a Schedule One controlled yeah. substance um, in line with the federal uh, drug laws. So it's really up to your legislature. Well, My know. notes... Yeah, they, yeah, they don't right. want to, Michael. They don't want to deal with it. I mean, they don't even want to hear right. about it. The the farm uh, pharmacy board doesn't want to talk about it. It's just right. stupid because let's face it, we live in a state that uh, is is challenged when it comes to raising revenue. Most states in this uh-huh. area of the country are challenged in that, and and I tie this right in with uh, with the uh, federal gambling laws that were that, mm-hmm. were, that were passed in summertime. This is a way for the state of Ohio to raise revenue. And to dig your heels in, and it doesn't matter whether whether you're for it or against it, there's not even a debate out there that's going on about this, which has me scratching my head because, you know, I like to think as Ohio is kind of a progressive state. It's an upper Midwest progressive state, and they got a lot of people here that can understand what the future means and how much the future is going to cost. We're not even talking about it at a legislative level. Well, I will tell you that the the roundtable is actively involved in pursuing legislation in your state right now. So the the hemp roundtable, the the U.S. Hemp Roundtable was actively involved in working with Mitch McConnell and his people in getting uh, hemp into the 2018 Farm Bill. Right. And, and now that that has passed, they've also been working on a state by state basis to get hemp legislation in passed in all the states. And I think right now it's at 42 or 43 states mm. that. Um, uh, progressive hemp legislation has now been passed in, but not Ohio. Other, but not Ohio. But not not Ohio. Well, and, you know, McConnell and, is McConnell's and, smart, Mike. I'll I'll tell you why he's smart is. Let, let's face it, uh, the tobacco industry is is if it's not dead, it's it's pretty damn close to it, and that right. and that was largely 
what Kentucky is. So now this is a chance for those same farmers to use that same land to grow another product that will make it more profitable for them and in turn raise more revenue for the state. It was a no-brainer for McConnell. Absolutely, absolutely. It repurposes the, the, those farmlands and those farmers and provides them a good living as well as revenue for the state. So it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I, I live in uh, Texas, and we haven't passed legislation in Texas yet, although we uh, have CBD stores popping up all over the place in Texas. So while it has, the state has not passed legislation Supporting it yet, they are not enforcing. Um, they're not enforcing uh, stores that are selling the product yeah, at well, this point in time. Th- that's what's that's what's going on here in Ohio. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. It's illegal to sell it, CBD. But there's still stores you can walk in and buy it. I've done it. You can walk in and you can you, you can buy it over the counter in a, in a lot of these stores, but in in actuality, they're 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 violating the law, and it just but but obviously that law is not being enforced. So it just kind of it, it sounds like to me that you know we're we're behaving here in Ohio like a bunch of bumpkins. We have a law, and oh wait a minute, well we're not going to enforce that law. Well, we've got the ability to to to, to grow hemp and raise a lot of revenue. Or st- well, we're not going to do that. It just just seems like nobody knows what to do. It almost seems like we're frozen when it comes to making decisions here in Ohio. It's not that way every way. How many states have this? 42? Is that what you're telling me? I think it might be up to 43 now. 43. 43. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Now, now back to the original uh, uh, point of this, uh, our, our, interv- our interview. So a lot of these companies that, uh, that will begin growing hemp, uh, they're going to offer IPOs, and it would be uh, a real good way to get in at the grassroots level. Well, you might—I don't know—maybe you've—maybe if I should say grassroots, maybe we've we've missed it a little bit. But how does one go about finding these companies that they may want to invest in that look like they're going to be real money makers? You know, I would I would suggest that um, potential investors read as much as they can about companies that are in this industry and um, watch the publications. Um, there are a lot of uh, publications that are writing about uh, various companies, um, both legitimate and non-legitimate. We had uh, one of our shareholders brought to our attention that there was some fake news on our company saying that we were being uh, acquired by uh, PepsiCo uh, today and brought that to my attention and asked me if it was real news. And I said, well, I wish, <laughs> you know, <laughs> an equivalent share price of $2 a share. Well, yeah. um, that would be, you know, <laughs> 
<laughs> that would be a dream, yeah. but uh, not a realistic one. So there, there are a lot of different uh, uh, publications that are following these companies now. And so I would uh, find those publications, um, uh, MJ Business News, um, Google and research um, uh, those publications that are following um, th- these companies and uh, keep an eye out on them. Michael, that's, that's what I would recommend. Michael Welch is our guest. He's the president and CEO of Rocky Mountain High Brands. And uh, as he mentioned, he's on the U.S. Hemp Roundtable Board of Directors. Where is this going, Michael? Where, where, where is this industry going here in the next year to 18 months? Uh, do you see it? Do you see it as something that uh, is going to explode? I do. I just see where once you get, particularly these states that are ahead of the game and were ready to go when this farm bill was uh, was signed in December, uh, I could I could see a real booming business where, uh, let's face it, not everybody not everybody has a clear cut understanding of what hemp is. Hemp and marijuana are both cannabis plants, but hemp has less than, I think it's 0.3% of THC, which is the stuff that gets folks high. Uh, uh, marijuana, between 5 and 35% THC. So right. we're, talking about, we're talking about basically uh, a, a, a product that is, that is used for that and for other things that we mentioned before. So this is, this is, just, a, this is just a business proposition. I, I honestly think this is, this is something that uh, – if you're going to invest in, I, I think it's. I think you're going to make a lot of money. Without a doubt, it's uh, estimated that by 2022 that the CBD market will hit 22 billion. Yeah. So just on CBD alone, we're already planning that within two years that um, uh, marijuana will be legalized um, at the federal level. So I think that. Uh, we're we're just heading in the direction that uh, marijuana will be legalized as well. Yeah, so yeah. this is the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. yeah, it's it's baffling here in Ohio, but apparently everybody else around us is hip to it. Michael Welsh, how does somebody find you if they're looking for you? Where our website is RockyMountainHighBrands.com. Our ticker symbol is RMHB, mm-hmm. and uh, please take a look at us. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, always great talking to you, Michael. Michael Wells, thank you so much. We appreciate it. Thank you. It's baffling. I mean, it really, really is. If you look at when, when uh, the Supreme Court passed the uh, – not pass, they didn't, Supreme Court doesn't pass anything, but when they ruled on uh, the federal gambling law back in the spring of 2018, there were so many states that were ready to go, states that I would look at and say, well, wait a minute, they shouldn't be as progressive as the state of Ohio. But they're ready to go with, with these gambling um with the ability to gamble on games and people and all the stuff you can do in places like Las Vegas. Same thing here. The, 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 the fact that it's not whether you think it's right or wrong. It's the fact that there's no dialogue on it in Columbus at that level. It's, 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 it's almost like we're going to close our eyes and this isn't going to happen, and we're, it's all going to go away. We don't have to worry about it. Well, it's not. 
And if you live in Ohio, you know that we're a state that is constantly looking to up our revenue. We're, we're, the, the, we are, we're kind of, I don't want to call us rust, but we're kind of a rust belt state. And we've been over the last 30 to 40 years reinventing ourselves, trying to get more into what new technology is all about so we can create jobs, bring companies here, and to increase our revenue. This is an easy way to, to increase revenue in the state of Ohio. Same with gambling. Same with gambling. It's not going to go away. And if you don't embrace it, it's going to go to surrounding states. And then guess what? They flourish and we don't. This is, you can't put the toothpaste back in the toothpaste tube. This is where we're marching toward. And for the life of me, whether or not you think it's right or it's wrong, for the life of me, why these people that we vote for and send to Columbus can't even begin talking about it. It is absolutely astounding. 1252 News Radio, 700 WLW. Addicted to tech. Believe it or not, it's the new addiction, and it can really, really mess your life up. We're going to talk about that at 105 today. A lot of stuff to get to. We'll be talking about the Bengals and their search for a new head coach and why I firmly believe that while it's nice to interview in-house candidates, if they hire any of those guys, um, this fan base, what's left of it in this town, will completely disintegrate. Uh, 12.58, let's go to the phones. Harry's on a cell. Harry, welcome to the program. You go right ahead. I appreciate you taking my call. Thank you. Yes, sir. Well, uh, I listened to uh, the gentleman from uh, Rocky Mountain there, and, uh, you know, and I feel for Ohio. Uh, Andy Cuomo here, he's going to start uh, thinking about it in the tax revenue. But, you know, I don't understand something about it. So you can grow it out in your backyard, for Pete's sakes, you know? If you don't and, get caught. Uh, well, I agree, but once it becomes legal, you, you, you understand what I'm saying. I know what you're saying, but I'm just saying right now, it probably wouldn't be the smartest thing to do. No, it's not the smartest. I yeah. don't smoke marijuana. I don't, and you know what? I'm against it. Okay. But there's a lot of other folks that are making money underground. And, and the problem is it's, it, 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 it is a big problem. Well, the problem is, is that it's going to be all around us here. And this isn't marijuana we're talking about. It's hemp. Okay, so, and thanks for the phone call. Uh, it's hemp. And there's a huge difference. And it gets into CBD and whether or not that's legal and how much of, um, how much of what is the stuff that makes you stoned gets extracted from the plant. Hemp is used in a lot of different things, but it is a burgeoning industry. The CBD industry is a burgeoning industry. Whether or not marijuana is legal or not in the near future, I don't know. Don't have a crystal ball. I just know if it is, it's not going to start in Ohio because the guys we got up in Columbus can't even have a dialogue about it. Meanwhile, in Michigan, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Kentucky, all of a sudden those states are poised and ready to make money off it, and we're standing down here with like a bunch of clowns trying to figure out exactly what ring we're supposed to be in. 1 o'clock, 700 WLW.
106, it's the average American in for the great American. Ken Brew for Bill Cunningham on 700 WLW on this Wednesday afternoon. Hope you're doing well. What a, you know, this is, uh, this is just like a typical January day in the, uh, in the Midwest, just kind of overcast and gloomy and. But that's the way it is, and that's the way we like it, because we know when the summer comes and it's the uh, start of the new spring year and baseball this year, we'll forget about all of this. Or at least we hope so. I don't know. But the fact of the matter is we are here to persevere until uh, until 3 o'clock this afternoon. A lot of things in the hopper I want to get to, not the least of which is the search for the Bengals' new head coach and why it needs to be somebody outside of the organization. Fan base needs to be juiced, right? I mean, you got to get the fan base geeked again. And if you don't get the fan base geeked, then the problem is, is you can't sell tickets. And if you can't sell tickets, then you can't really and truly get a jump start on this thing. Now, this is no reflection on some of the guys that are up for the job. You know, Hugh Jackson, I, you know, his two chances at being a head coach were not very good. Absolutely not very good. Now, maybe it was the organization or maybe it was him. I don't know. But I know this, that if they roll out Hugh Jackson as the head coach, it's not going to be something that's going to juice the fan base. It's just not. Uh, Darren Simmons has been around a long time as a special teams coach. I'm sure he's very good at what he does. If they roll out Darren Simmons and they say, here's Darren Simmons, he's our new special teams coach, and now he's going to be our new head coach, you get crickets. Same thing with Bill Lazor. I'm sure he's very good at what he does, although, frankly, I think he got a little bit of a pass this year because the defense was so horrid, it kind of put the things that he did, and some of those were real head scratchers, on the back burner. But if they come out with Bill Lazor and they say, here's our new head coach, people are going to say, Bill who? It just, it, to me, it, they've got to get proactive and get outside of the organization. Someone that has had no ties to this team. Vance Joseph, another guy. You know, he, he, he fizzled in his time in, in Denver. Just wasn't that good in his time in Denver. So when I heard that they were interviewing him, I said, well, this, that's interesting, but how would that geek the fan base? The Bengals are in a tough, tough spot. They really are. Because they're up against seven other teams, and they're all looking for head coaches, and it's all the same. They're, they're all the same guys that are that are going here, there, and everywhere to interview for these jobs. So they're in they're in um, they're in competition with teams that have more to offer, either in terms of climate or facilities or heritage or market size. Now, the hot name that's out there is Eric Bieniemy who played here in the 90s. I remember Eric Bieniemy. I did the games on radio back in the early to mid-90s, and Eric Bieniemy was part of just seems like a whole stream of people that just marched in and out of here. And uh, Eric Bieniemy is going to interview with the Bengals. He's meeting with the Jets and the Buccaneers today. And then he's going to interview with the Dolphins and then he's going to interview here with Cincinnati. Okay, he's, he's interviewing with the Buccaneers, the Dolphins, 
and the Jets, what do those three franchises have that Cincinnati doesn't have? The Jets are in the number one market in the country. The Jets are big time. The Jets have a fan base that's strong and demanding. They want to win. The Buccaneers play in one of the most beautiful cities in America. They play on a field surface that is quite possibly the best in the NFL. And the Dolphins are in Miami. So you've got the number one market and two warm weather markets in Florida where, you know what? If I'm a player, I want to go to a warm weather market. I want to play at least eight of my games in warm weather markets. Arizona is a, another town that offers a lot more than Cincinnati. It just does. It doesn't make us bad. doesn't make us inferior. They just offer more. They've got great climate out there, and they play indoors. Now, Biennemi's not going to interview with the... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway, and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. The, the Cardinals. But Arizona's another team that's in competition with the Bengals for a head coach. Uh, Josh McDaniel is another guy the Bengals want to talk to. I'd be wary of him just because what he did to Indianapolis last year. He was all set going to Indianapolis. Left the team at the altar. Turned out Indianapolis was fine. They they got Frank Reich. They're in the playoffs. But Josh McDaniel would bring some sort of a different touch here and would be coming from an organization that is the most successful organization of its generation. My point in all of this is that if the Bengals just do it the Bengals' way, Promote from within, make the guy take along some assistant coaches that are still there. They're not going to win the game they have to win. And that is the court of public opinion. Look, I I sit in this radio station on Sundays. And as the season winds down, as we get into the months of November and December, and the team is in the dumper, which it's been the last three years, the interest in the Bengals is... Nil. You can't get people to call in. You can't get people geeked because you can't talk about strategies for games and what games mean and what happens if this team wins, what happens if that team wins. 
because it doesn't matter. The team is so bad, it doesn't matter. And the only way you get relevant again, forget about winning, winning back your fan base. I think that's going to take a long time. But before you can win back your fan base, you have to get relevant again. The only way you can get relevant again is to be competitive, win games, have a chance against teams inside your own division. And unfortunately, with what this team has gone through the last three years, there's nobody on that staff that will make this team relevant again. The opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of love is apathy. And that's where the Bengals are right now. They're in the middle of a city that is apathetic toward them. It's their own doing. They stuck with Marvin Lewis too long. Okay, it's a business. That's the way Mike Brown wanted to conduct his business. But they stuck with the guy too long. And so each year it was the same old thing, the same old thing, the same old thing. And they'll tease you and they'll tantalize you. Everybody gets geeked on draft day. Everybody gets excited about the mini camp. Everybody gets excited about the start of camp. Oh, they got off to a four and one start. And then they let us down again. It would have almost have been better if they got off to a one and four start. Because the letdown after four and one was a big, big letdown. So I understand why the Bengals are going through the process of interviewing in-house candidates. I understand that in a lot of ways it makes sense. Bringing back Vance Joseph for an interview, to me, makes no sense. Hiring any of those people would make absolutely no sense. When you have a problem, and the problem has been around for a while, any CEO of any company that sells anything knows the first thing you need on a problem is a fresh set of eyes. They must go outside the organization. I don't know if it's Eric Bieniemy. He's the flavor of the month. The Chiefs are hot. He's the offensive coordinator. He's benefiting from a really great season by his quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. I don't know if it's Josh McDaniel. I don't know how good of a coach Josh McDaniel is. I know he's got the greatest quarterback of all time, and that makes everybody smart, whether you're Josh McDaniel or Bill Belichick. Extract Tom Brady from that team. I don't know how smart any of those guys are. But I do know this. Unless you're willing to admit that maybe the way you've gone about your business up until now has been less than adequate, you won't get better. And worse, you won't draw back to the equation what you really, really need. Relevance first, and then a fan base that you've let down far too often. Your thoughts on what I just said, 749-7000, the big one, pound 700 on AT&T. Are you with me? that the Bengals need to go outside of the organization and bring in a coach with a fresh set of eyes on a really, really old problem. Let's take some of those phone calls now. Jim is in Anderson and wants to weigh in. Jim, you go right ahead. How's it going, bro? Okay, Jim. Uh, a couple of things. Vance Joseph is an outsider, so I don't know how. I think he's an outsider. He's a motivator-type coach that Marvin Lewis, Lewis used to be. Marvin just got settled in his old ways. Well, he was here once before, but well, but okay. 
Okay. Now, now from a uh, a division standpoint, you got Ben Roethlisberger. He's on it. This is I'm looking at it. If if I'm uh, you know becoming a coach here, first of all, you have job security. You can go four twelve, four and twelve, four and twelve, and still keep your job. Number one, you have an aging quarterback in Pittsburgh. You have okay. You have uh, uh, the Cleveland quarterback. He's young. He's up and coming. As does Baltimore. What what we have, we've got an experienced quarterback with a phenomenal. Uh, receiving group and a good running back in Mixon. So we're ready made to win now. We just need that motivating type coach that to get his players, you know, to actually perform. Are you really? Do you, I mean? I mean, let, let's let's get honest here. I mean, we've got a, in on that team. They've got players in certain positions that are really really good, and they got a lot of players that frankly aren't very good. You talk about Mixon. Uh, A.J. Green maybe has another year left here. If I'm A.J. Green, I'm out of here after next year. But, yeah, they've got A.J. Green. They've got Tyler Boyd. They've got Joe Mixon. That's what they have. That's The receiving core is basically Tyler Boyd, uh, Tyler Boyd and Joe Mixon. John Ross, I wouldn't, I wouldn't throw in that, in that, that mix. But he's still young. He's he, well, still young. he's been a whiff since he's been here. On defense, you've got good safeties. You've got Geno Atkins. And what else? Well, what I mean, what else do you have? You, you can spruce up the defense, but my point is, other than the last three years, you had you had a team that went to to the playoffs five straight years. My point is, they're ready to win now, and so unlike a lot of those Arizona, they're not ready to win now. No. The, the New York Jets, they're not ready to win now. Well, so if you can take I mean, a lot of other clubs if you're a coach. The New York but, Jets have a young Jim. Thanks for the call. New York Jets have got a young, dynamic quarterback. They need help. They need some help on defense, but they got a young, dynamic quarterback. This division is marching past the Bengals, and you're right. The Browns and the and the Ravens are marching past the Bengals. Perry is on a cell. Perry, welcome to the show. Yeah. Yeah, what Perry, the Bengals. Need, yeah, Perry, what go right the Bengals ahead. need, and they will never have, is a coach with discipline, like a Bill Belichick. A coach that says to the players, I'm going to tell you to do something, and you damn well better do it. Remember a guy named Chad Johnson? Mm-hmm. He tried to go up there and play, but he had his uh, typical attitude, and they got rid of him after two years, I think it was. Mm-hmm. So until they get a coach with a military discipline. It wouldn't work. It no, won't work. not here. Won't. No, it won't work anywhere. It, uh, Perry, this is – everybody talks about, well, we need a guy like Forrest Gregg. We need a disciplinarian. The world has marched past all of that. It's a different generation. Look at just the – look at – forget about football players. Look, Just look at, at, at people in between the age of 21 and 30. They're vastly different than what they were 35 40 they have no respect for what they're doing well then why would they why would then why would a disciplinary coach come in here and work it wouldn't work work up in new england no they don't they win in new england that's why new england works perry i gotta go they work in new england because they win in new england if they didn't win up there if they didn't get players up there bill belichick wouldn't be thought of of the way he is he had success early in his career, and then everybody else bought into what he did because he had success. Kevin is standing by. Yes, Kevin, go right ahead. Hey, Ken. Um, I was just 
I agree completely with everything you said. You know, we do need to go outside the organization. What do you think about, I mean, this would totally shake things up. He was one of the greatest quarterbacks, and when he was on the field, he was like the coach and the offensive coordinator mm-hmm. because he knew how to read a defense. Yeah. He knew how to totally screw him up. What do you think about Peyton Manning? Wouldn't that be a, a little crazy to? Well, considering he's, yeah, I mean, but he he really hasn't hasn't coached. I think he's. He 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 would have to be. You would have to surround him with some really big time coordinators. I mean, he could could he be the front guy, the CEO? Yeah, but for a guy that never really coached, I just I think that would be asking a lot. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to. And uh, and thanks for the phone call, Kevin. You'd really really have to surround him with a lot of top notch coaches, which would cost you a lot of money, and he'd be the front guy. They need somebody that's game planned, called plays. Run a show, been a CEO. They, 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 they're at a point right now where they've got to get this thing fixed, and they got to get it fixed with someone that knows what they're doing. And I'm telling you, it's a finite list of of candidates out there that could really geek this fan base. And there's seven other teams that the Bengals are in competition with. More of your phone calls next. 125 News Radio, 700 WLW. 127 News Radio, 700 WLW. We're talking about the Bengals and what they need to do in their search for their next head coach. Ken is on a cell. Ken, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing great, Ken. How about yourself? Any better, I'd be triplets. All right, let's, let's put a scenario here. Let's put Ken Brew. If Ken Brew was in charge of hiring the next uh, Ken Brew's in charge of the fan base he's overseeing he's the voice of the fan base and Mike Brown asked uh, Ken Brew to write a job description what are the what does a job description look like for what the Cincinnati Bengals need what are those five to six seven check boxes that we all can agree upon that the Bengals need moving forward and would that be the same would those same things be on Mike Brown's check boxes First thing you need to be is organized. You need to have a plan. You need to know what you're doing. Second thing is you have to. Wow, you got a lot of you got a lot of uh, wind noise here. I got to go, but I'll answer your question. First thing you got to do is is you got to be organized. Second thing you got to be is a great, and I mean a great and innovative offensive mind. The NFL in today's age is about scoring points. Defense is great. Got to play defense, but it's scoring points what do i do innovatively what do i do creatively on offense that allows me to score points from any point on the field very very important third thing you've got to be is a motivator you've got to get people believing that they can do things that they're not capable of doing motivation extremely important third thing you've got to have fourth thing you've got to have is you've got to have great, and I mean great, sideline presence. You've got to be over everything. Offense, defense, special teams. Nothing slips through the cracks on game day. You've got to call a great game. And you have to be a really, really good front man because you will be the face of this organization. 
Mike Brown appears in public once a year. And that's at the preseason luncheon that they throw before the start of training camp. Other than that, he's a recluse. So you're the face of the organization. And you better have on that face something that is engaging, tolerant, something that speaks to the fan base, even when perhaps you're not particularly pleased with the questions that are being asked by the media. It's really, really important. But number one, you got to have your act together. That would be my criteria. 130 News Radio, 700 WLW. Macho Man Randy Savage, Sarasota, Florida. Come on in. You're going to be defending against the Dragon, Ricky Steamboat. What's the cup for? WrestleMania 3, Pontiac, Michigan. Yeah, 90,000 plus people watching right there. And this is Ricky the Dragon Steamboat's cup of coffee in the big time. Yeah, cup of coffee in the big time because you'll never get closer than now. I am the Intercontinental Heavyweight Champion and I will remain the Intercontinental Heavyweight Champion. And George the Animal Steel on the outside will be no factor yeah you say no factor obviously he is a factor or you wouldn't even brought it up oh wow mr sarcasm yeah i don't care if you got 23 wrestlers around the outside and it doesn't even hey guys it is ryan i'm not sure if you know this about me but i'm a bit of a fun fanatic when i can i like to work but i like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime Time, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus brain fog insomnia moodiness achy joints weight gain maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older or that's what your doctor tells you but midi health understands that for women over 40 they can all be connected Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Bad or no, because I am ready, and I will not let this opportunity slip through my fingers. Cup of coffee, man, yeah. Man. Wow, man, freak out. Hello. I have the feeling that St. Peter said about four or five hours ago when Mean Gene got to the pearly gates, hey, can you come over here and do one of these interviews with the macho man? He's been waiting for you. Maybe he interviewed St. Peter to get in. Oh, yeah. (laughs) The best thing about Gene Okerlund, who passed away today, unfortunately, at the, I think, 76, the best thing about those interviews would be when, when one of those wrestlers would say something, he would snap his head right to the camera. Correct. It was just... Correct. You talk about a guy that figured out how to make money. 
just by doing one thing, it's pretty funny and pretty cool. Mean Gene Okerlund passing away today at 76, uh, Ken Brew, and uh, the most recognizable interviewer in sports entertainment history. Now, now, that's saying something versus Larry King. Larry King. Now, let me. what was the difference between the World Heavyweight Championship belt and the Intercontinental Championship belt? What's the difference? What is an Intercontinental Championship? What does that mean? I guess more than the United States Championship or the Universal Championship now or the United State whatever. I, got, I just don't. They what, got more championships now than boxing. What does intercontinental mean? I just don't know. I guess I it mean, means I, like world, uh, you know, half the world or something. I'll have to Google that. Right. So the kids do, and they don't know anything. They Google things. You guys knew Gene. You had him on the show. Had him on a show a couple months ago. They're all dying now. Mean Gene. I mean, they're all dying. I guess the only ones that are still alive are Jesse the Body Ventura. That's the guy who gave Mean Gene his uh, moniker. Jake the Snake Roberts and right. Hulk Hogan. Who else right. is alive? Uh... Not too many. Ultimate Warriors gone. Tonight, right here in Charlotte, North Carolina, and in front of the world, I have to announce to you that I will never retire. Yeah, uh, Ric Flair Rick stiffed Flair's me. Still he stiffed in. me on an interview down in Tampa. I've never forgiven what? him. What? Stiffed me. Rick Flair. Yeah, you're Ric Flair, right? Uh, all right, dump a bottle of peroxide on your head. You're starting to turn brown. Ken Brew, the um, first stooge of the 2019 year. Yeah? It's brought to you by uh, Tempstar. Oh, Quality good. you can feel. Yes. In Northern Kentucky, call Earl Sizemore at Affordable Comfort at 859-496-0314. Sports. Sports! Oh, sorry. Uh, you got uh, new details on the Bengals' head coaching search. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, reports are that uh, Broncos head coach coach and uh, former uh, Bengals uh, assistant Vance Joseph will be in town. Well, that's exciting. Tomorrow and third and Friday. That's really exciting. Uh, Eric Bieniemy has already been interviewed by the Jets. He's, He's headed in. to the Dolphins. Yeah, and uh, he'll be interviewed here on Friday. If you had a chance to work for the Dolphins. Or the Buccaneers, which he can. I mean, he's got job interviews. I don't know if they'd hire him. <laughs> Why would you come to Cincinnati? That I don't know. I'm just telling. I'm just saying. It's warm weather. You're going to attract more free agents with warm weather. But if Eric Bieniemy comes here Friday, I would not let him out of town. I would. I, I would not. Eric, give him a deal. Sleeping with Bieniemy. Bingo. Mm. Former Bengal. Why not? I remember him when I did the play-by-play. That's right. Touchdown, Cincinnati. Uh, let's see. He's going to be uh, interviewing with the Jets and the Bucks, as I said. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, that's he's good. Elected not to go to Arizona. Yeah, that's good though. I'm, I, I, I would. I think he's the hot flavor of the month. I don't know, but that's good. That's good. Uh, Mike McCarthy's expected to interview with the Cleveland Browns tomorrow. They'd be crazy not to hire him. So, Luke Fickle. According to Yahoo Sports, yeah. is a candidate to replace uh, the uh, dude at uh, West Virginia. Daner Holgerson. Did he get, did he get the, the dude at West Virginia? Did he get the gate? No, oh, he's no going, he went to Houston. Houston. Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't think I, Fickle I can't should, keep up with this stuff. Fickle right should not take that job. No. That's just a, that's a right, bad just fit for him. stay the heck right here. Bad fit for him. Correct. Yeah. He didn't want to go to West Nobody does. With hugs. Let hugs do it. No, I'm just saying. I mean, he's an Ohio guy. I don't know if right. he really wants to go to West Virginia. Although Gordon Gee is out there, that bow tie smack talking SOB. <laughs> wow. 
Sound like Mean Gene there for a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ken Brew. Yeah. Uh, college basketball, the American Athletic Conference champion Cincinnati Bearcats. Open up defense of that uh, title tonight against the Tulane Green White. It's about time they played. They haven't played a game like in six weeks. Thank you. Uh, fifth Third Arena at six mm. on uh, right here on Seven Hundred WLW. Big East ba- uh, Big East opener tonight for Xavier. Yeah, they take on those Seton Hall Pirates. The Pirates. Six o'clock on Fifty Five KRC. Xavier by eight. Uh, let's see. Get the latest on the Reds and baseball tonight on the Hot Stove League. Ooh, who do they got on? Live from the Holy Grail Bank starting at 6.05. Yeah. It'll be on Fox Sports 1360. Who's hosting that tonight? Uh, I think it's uh, Marty and Jim Day. Fantastic. Do you know who they have on, or is it just Marty? I have no idea yet. Wow. I have no idea. Yeah. So. That sounds like an action-packed night for you. Across iHeartMedia Cincinnati. All across you all platforms. You, you'll be... You'll be Rip, ripping that, uh, almost ripping that dial off your off your radio All tonight. Proper. Do you think? Yeah. At the next uh, SmackDown, they'll have like the uh, ten oh, bell yeah. ring for Mean Gene. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna have to have that. They'll have a video tribute. Right. It'd be nice to have all the. It would be nice to have every wrestler. Then. And now well, every, in the ring for a tribute to him. Every wrestler then, except the three I mentioned, is dead. Yeah, but they still got a few left. I don't Oakster, know. Flair, Sting. Few others, right. Diamond Dallas Page, Diamond Dallas Page, uh, Steve Austin still around. What about, uh, um, but uh, well, what's his name? The guy that uh, uh, Hulk Hogan is still alive. Said. Yeah, what's the guy? Uh, what was the guy that had the uh, Razor Ramon? Is he still alive? I think so. Scott Hall is still alive. Yeah, I think barely. So. <laughs> what about the four horses? Miss Elizabeth is gone. Yes, I mean they're all dead. Seg, I know. But the current ones should be in the ring. Nobody cares about the current ones. Well, I'm just saying, bring back... Mean Gene... They will have a video tribute of Mean Gene. Mean Gene didn't interview any of these current ones. It was all the vintage ones. He'll he'll probably have some of the... Well, he interviewed like... um, Donald uh, Trump. I think JYD, Junkyard Dog. I I think you've got to give the British Bulldogs... You've got to give credit where credit is due. They're they're high-flying. They have that, that gymnastic style. They're good. Gentlemen, you absolutely right. Exactly, exactly. But the Iron but Sheik. There it is. Beat American. Yes, Valentine and Beefcake. Exactly. Precisely. It's precisely. Whatever. Don't get a smart with me now. Exactly. You know, I was at a wrestling match in Tulsa. Oh boy. Yeah, about to forty years ago, and Did I you watched. Take on the other TV anchors in a uh, no. In a, in a, in a but take, in TV the, take all match. In the ring, it was a match between Haystacks Calhoun and Skandar Akbar. Remember him? I don't remember him. And the match culminated with Skandar Akbar lighting Haystacks Calhoun's beard on fire. It was fantastic entertainment. Now that's fantastic. the way to end the match. Right. I think Skandar Akbar's real name. Did he tap name, out after that? Skandar Akbar's real name was like Bob Simmons. <laughs> But he played it up, you know. It was the height of the Iran crisis. Insurance man in oh, Wichita yeah. or something. Yeah, right. He probably was. What was his name? Skandar. I think his real name was Bob Simmons, but he called himself Skandar Akbar, and he lit he lit Haystacks Calhoun's beard on fire. Where else could you? I mean, I was sat there and I was I was absolutely stunned. I said, "This is great value for my dollar." Did you interview him after the match? No, I interviewed uh, Channel Four. I interviewed. Where'd you, where'd you work out there? At Channel Six. Oh, I interviewed. Uh, I did interview. Uh, Mr. Wrestling 2. And I remember asking, where are you from? Parts unknown. He walked in the stake. He walked in That's the That's where st- you're from. He walked in the station with his mask on. The woman behind the desk, the receptionist, Uh-oh. she was like 80. 
She thought the place was getting held up. I said, no, come on. So, so I interviewed the guy. He leaves. He still has his mask on. There's a car coming down the street in front of the station, yeah. and he sees the guy with the mask on, and he drives right into a parking meter, right? <laughs> it was unbelievable. I mean, I'm just, it, it, I, I, at that point, I said, there can't be anything greater for your entertainment dollar than professional wrestling. What about the guy who was a big Papa Pumps or hookup? He's still around. Big Papa Pumps? Well, if you he can hear me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's, he's still, still around. around. I mean, gee, I, I, think. Is, I guess. Say, get us out of the Stooge Report. I'm going to talk about people not showing up for work. Uh, Ken Brew, in honor of uh, Mean Gene Okerlund. Big, bad, booty daddy. Thank you. In honor of Mean Gene Okerlund passing away today at 76, mm. we leave you with the immortal words of the Stooge Report. One of the most exciting partnerships in the wrestling world today <laughs> would have to be Jake the Snake Roberts and the Python, Damien. Jake Roberts, what in the world are we doing here in a shower? Because this is my time. You wanted to talk to me. I didn't ask to talk to you. Damien didn't either. Did I, I recall during the last Saturday night's main event, it was you and the DDT that did it, Ricky Steamboat. You must remember it better than Ricky Steamboat. You know, some people tell me that he's not afraid of Damien and I. Well, let me tell you something, Steamboat. It's more shameful to deny fear than it is to run from danger. You're stepping where no man has stepped before. All right, in front of 70,000 strong of our Canadian cousins recently, however, it was Ricky, the Dragon Steamboat, Jake Roberts, who put you away. I'll never recall that happening. Now, do you? Wait a minute. Ease up with that snake, please. <laughs> I'm a little upset by the fact we're in a shower. You're a sick man, Roberts. Oh, that's true. I am. At least you know that. Does this make tonight the rubber match? Well, if you believe Ricky Steamboat can beat me, Mean Gene, then you ought to go back to selling encyclopedias, my man. I never sold an encyclopedia, Jake Roberts. And you couldn't even do that either, huh? All right, Jake the Snake Roberts and Damien. From here, that's the story. Back to you. News Radio 700 WLW. I don't know if you heard about this, but there are a lot of people ghosting at work. Basically what it is, is you, you get a job, and then... Before you even start, or maybe just after you start for a couple of days, you just disappear. Employer hires you, can't fire, can't find you. Don't show up for work. Go in someplace else. Apparently because the unemployment numbers are so low right now, job shopping, I guess, goes on after you've had a job. I, I just saw this the other day on the, uh, one, on the internets. Job ghosting. Tracy Tim is a business and career coach. She joins us now here on 700 WLW to talk about this. Uh, Tracy, thank you so much for joining us. Yes, that's correct. And I'm pretty sure uh, it's sort of evolved from the uh, the dating usage of the term. And now we're seeing it more and more, um, unfortunately, in the corporate space as well. In the dating sense of it, ghosting means that you're you're dating someone or you've made contact with someone. And it looks like you got a thing going back and forth, texting, Instagramming, whatever it may be. And maybe you go out on a date, and then after that date, psh, uh, the guy's gone or the girl's gone, and you can't find them any, anymore. Unless, of course, it's a small town, and then you can stalk them. But the fact <laughs> of the matter is, that that's what ghosting is, right? Yes, that's correct. And unfortunately, anybody who has gone on a date probably in the last 10 years knows exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Okay, so now that person who might, might or might not have done that in their personal life goes looking for a job, and they come here to Cincinnati. And they're looking for work, and maybe they go to one of our largest employers here, Procter & Gamble. And they go down there, and they go through the whole hiring process, 
and maybe go through the probationary process. And then after two or three days, they're gone because they found something better at Kroger or at UC Health or someplace. Um, yeah, isn't that fascinating? All the work that you go through to hire somebody and all the work that they go through to get the offer, and then all of a sudden they're gone. Well, the, what, what's fascinating about it is, and I don't know if this is old guy mentality or if it's just the young uh, mentality doesn't value the same things we do, but you you would never do that to an employer. You would never walk on an employer. There was at least two weeks, maybe more than that. What, where did we get from there to here? Oh, I, I wish I had the magic answer for you, Ken. I really do. It's um, it's sad. It's really sad. And I, I think what, what we're seeing, unfortunately, is is people who do this don't have a longevity mentality. They're not thinking about the long-term impact that that's going to have on their career. And the fact that your career is actually, as you know, fairly long. Mm-hmm. And if you burn bridges at the very beginning, you never know. You never know when that person's going to end up being maybe the hiring manager at the job that you want, that's your dream job yeah. or right, or your future boss or even just works at the same company or in the same division as you. Then you set yourself up for real trouble. Yeah, but this is where, this is where I, I mean, I get it. We're here. Yeah. At some point, someone told the person that's ghosting, hey, this is okay to do. And I don't know if it was peers or parents or whatever, but I think at some point, somebody, and it could be a mom, a dad, it could be anybody that that had built a career, needs to to talk to this this young person and say, look, this may look great right now, but come, you know, a week later, a month later, 10 years later, people are going to look at you and they're going to think, you know, you're what, what there was something wrong with you here. What was wrong with you? Where, where's the person in the life that can short circuit this? Yeah. So, you know, to me, it comes from a deeper psychological fear of being rejected and of, of the fact that I think a lot of especially young professionals didn't have to deal with a lot of conflict. Right. If you think it is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. About it, like their parents stepped in and maybe uh, handled conflict going on in school when they were growing up. And then in college, they had RAs or professors or people who could get in in and and sort of take over for them when when something got really difficult to handle. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just think we're we're seeing, unfortunately, a younger generation. And again, we can't sort of generalize about everybody. This is happening probably at all levels, right? Um, But we're seeing this sort of trend of, of, of shying away from the hard stuff. Right. That's mm-hmm. that's why ghosting happens in romantic relationships, because people have a really hard time telling somebody to their face, I'm just not that into you. Right, right. And the same thing. Right. will go go hand in hand with this uh, as far as a professional sense. Right. They have a really hard time going to an employer that they probably feel really guilty for leaving because they think they have a better something somewhere else. And so they just leave instead of standing up and, and being an adult, if you will, or being a big kid and, and saying, you know, I, I'd like to go and I'd like to back out on my commitment. Yeah, and, I, and ironically, you know, what they're doing is, is the worst 
thing that they could do because they're afraid. Right. And, and something that, Tra- right. Tracy, I will take this right back to where I think the inception is, and that's whomever is in, was charged with raising this kid didn't really yeah. want to put any kind of pressure on the kid, never wanted to have the kid in a bad situation, always wanted to protect the kid at all costs, and suddenly here's Junior at 18 trying to go out in the real world, and he can't cut it at school or he can't cut it in the business world, and all of a sudden, well, Mom and Dad, they took care of me when I was, but this will be all right, and what you've done is, is you've raised someone that is of absolutely no value to anyone except you, because you're either a tax deduction or you're someone that's a conversation starter. And I think that's, that's how we got right here, Tracy. And, and honestly, in my, in my opinion, the frightening thing is this isn't just one or two of these uh, folks that are doing this. This is a lot of people that are doing this. I, I get a lot of this from, from friends and coworkers and other people that, hey, this is a lot more prevalent than you think. This is what's frightening. Yeah. Me. It is, and I hear that a lot from the um, from the business owners that I work with, who I help to to find and attract and engage and retain great people. Um, they'll they'll just say, "Yeah, so and so came in for two days, and then all of a sudden they were gone." Yeah, and they almost build that into their assumptions. They're like, "Every X number of people that we hire, it's bound to happen." Yeah. Um, it is. It's sad. It's scary. I think though that maybe something that the employer can do to arm themselves against something like this is um, more due diligence at the get-go, so hire slow, fire fast. Yes. You know, if you see any sort of issues in the short term, you might as well take the action before the action is taken on you. Bingo. Bingo. (laughs) You know, I was sitting in a meeting. I won't tell you where it is because, you know, I've worked in a number of places here in Cincinnati, a lot of places in the world, too. But I'm sitting in this meeting, and they're introducing new staff and, this person's going to do this. This person's going to do that. And then they get to a guy. It's, 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 a, it's a media company. It's a local. It, 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 was, it was a local media company. Mm-hmm. And the guy, they get to this guy. And he's being introduced by the boss. And the boss says, oh, this guy's great. He's going to write this great stuff. He's going to do this. He's going to. No, 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 no. This is a Wednesday. By Friday, the guy was gone. And like we were, what happened to Fred? Where did he go? Oh well, he uh, he just he just left. He just said he had a better job. And I'm thinking, what? Because if you ever did something like that, uh, when as, as I said, when I started out, you you might as well have just nuked your career. But I'm wondering, right? And this may be the payoff, Tracy. This may be the payoff. Thirty years from now, forty years from now, when the guy that's ghosting or the girl that's ghosting decides she's going to leave a company, they may be the ones actually hiring. At a company, then, because God knows where all of this all of this goes, but they yes. may be actual, and it may not be a big deal back then. Uh, when we get to that point, it may not be a big as deal as it, as it was back then. You know, now, so who knows? All, all this stuff may work itself out. I mean, uh, I yeah, it could. You're, you're, you know, you're you're absolutely right. That's possible. I I just see. You know, if we look generally at, like, the macro trend, I think that, to your point, there is this sort of a softening of professionalism. Yeah. Like, there used to be a lot of, uh, you know, rhetoric around loyalty to your employer and, you know, uh, your reputation as a professional. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of that deteriorated in 2007 and 2008 when immediately out of the blue there was no loyalty yeah. from the employer side, right? right. And, right. and it was – through maybe fault of their own, maybe no fault of their own. But yeah. either way, I, I think that contract got broken. Yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of people, I know my age for, for certain, 
don't look at their jobs the same way that our parents did. Right. We don't see safety and security anymore right. um, from a nine to five. And I wonder if that has something to do with it as well. It's almost like, well, I know that they're not going to have any loyalty towards me, so I'm not going to worry about, you know, taking the time to make a, a gracious exit. I'm just going to go. Yeah. You're just a delight. You're working all afternoon and you're spending time with <laughs> me and my audience in the morning. I, I just think you're terrific. And anytime we can oh. get you on, we claw for you. Anytime we can get oh, you on. Oh, Ken. I'm stop. just no. saying. <laughs> Tracy Tim. Thank you so much. And it's she, an honor. You can find her at www.tracytim, T-R-A-C-Y-T-I-M-M.com. That's where you can find her. Thank you so much. Thank you, sir. It's great and a pleasure as always. Grosting. Here today, gone tomorrow. Maybe gone today. Never know. Time for the news on 700 WLW. Now on the day I was born, the nurses all gathered round. They gazed in wide wonder at the joy they had found. The head nurse spoke up, said, leave this one alone. She could tell right away that I was bad to the bone. So apparently, uh, three in-house candidates have been already or in the process of being interviewed. Hugh Jackson may be interviewed uh, at some point before today is out. And uh, Bill Lazor and Darren Simmons and the Bengals are, you know, they're, they're rocking and rolling, trying to find uh, a new head coach. Eric Bieniemy allegedly coming in later on in this week. And uh, Vance Joseph and all this and all that. But I believe that the only way the fan base in this town can be re-energized, recaptured, and have this team somehow, some way back in the conversation as a as an NFL contender is if they go outside the organization and put a fresh pair of eyes on this problem. Maybe Tim McGee agrees with me or not. We're going to find out here because old number 85 is standing by and he's going to join the discussion right to, right now. Tim, Happy New Year. How you doing, my friend? Happy New Year, Ken, and congratulations on the retirement. Well, semi-retirement. Yeah. Well, that's good. You know, I mean, a man of my age, you can only work so much. You know what I'm saying? Well, you're like me. I retired from one one um, profession. That was professional. <laughs> <laughs> that was from the Bengals. Yeah. Now, but I'm still working the rest yeah, of my I, life. I got you. I got you on that. <laughs> Will you Are you in agreement with me that the Bengals need to go outside the organization and put a fresh pair of eyes on this thing? No, but uh, somewhat. Let's say somewhat. And because both, both directions present a different set of challenges and some can classify as problems. Obviously, if you want to cater to your fan base, going outside is probably the best and most effective way to get the energy, if you will, built back up in Cincinnati. Let's just face that, okay? Mm-hmm. However, when you go outside, coming into the framework of the Bengals' way, and you and I both know being here at the time we've, the, that we've been here and been inside that locker room, both as a journalist and as a player for me, as you know, that's not an easy task. That is not a – that's not where the top – Candidates for this job or a job in the as a National Football League coach, one of 32, they're not knocking the doors to Cincinnati down. They're not trying to jump on planes to come to Cincinnati because the Bengals way is a very unique way of doing they, their business. And it's in the coaches. Let me tell you, Ken, I know a lot of coaches 
And I tell you, they're not, you know, they wouldn't be, you know, jumping head over heels to get to Cincinnati to, to work for the Browns family. It just, it is what it is. And it's all stems around. They don't feel like Marvin. They don't feel they have that they would have the support. And the support is from a personnel standpoint, from a direction, the way you travel, the way you eat, the way you practice. And let's just face it, Mike and the family does micromanage, and Marvin did a phenomenal job of loosening the strings. And I don't know if you're going to continue to have that. But the reason why Marvin Lewis was canned, I think, is largely because they've lost the city. They've lost the fan base. They've lost the crowds. And I think Mike took a long, a long look at what his attendance was this year, and he said to himself, this isn't working and it's costing me money. Would you not agree one of the reasons why Marvin got canned was because they just weren't getting any fans down there to watch them? I think it was one of the reasons. However, I don't think it was the reason, and based on my sources who are obviously very close to this situation, Mm -hmm. is it was mutual. It truly 100% was mutual. If Marvin wanted to come back under the same set of circumstances, that was a viable option. I'm not saying it would have been completed. However, Marvin was basically saying, I need more support. I need this. I need that. We need to change this. And by not being able to do so, they both, you kind of look at each other, and they felt a divorce was imminent. And, you know, I don't think one side, but let let me go back to your point, Kenny Brew. You say it, and you say it so eloquently. But they had lost the pulse of the fans. So, yes, I do believe that was a major factor in going, opposed to him putting his head in the, in the sand going, I don't care what they think. Hey, he did that for, what, five, six years or whatever. Yeah. I don't care what they think. But this particular time when he and Mike goes to the stadium, he looked around. The pulse of the city was not looking good. And FC Cincinnati is kicking the Bengals' ass. Yeah. Let's just face it. Yeah, yeah. No, no, there's, there's no, there's no argument here from that. They can't give this job to Hugh Jackson. They can't, Tim. They can't give it to him because if you're going to do that, you might as well just have Marvin Lewis there. They're an extension of each other. It can't be Hugh Jackson. Well, once again, I think the dream coaching staff would have been Mike Zimmer as the head coach, Hugh Jackson as the offensive coordinator, and Vance Joseph as the defensive coordinator. That was something they could sell. Although all was retreads, nevertheless, people would have said, okay, this is fine. When you look at Hughes' body of work, what are you going to judge him on? Well, most are going to judge him on his records. As in, in Oakland, I personally felt he was successful considering where they started and where they ended. In Cleveland, how do you look at that? Do you look at that body of work as in, oh, they started winning, they started very doing very good when he left? Or do you say, well, he took the bullets, the brunt of the bullets, to get them to the point where they can compete and even win. He drafted Baker Mayfield, that I know factually. It was him. He drafted uh, uh, Miles Garrett. I know that factually. Mm-hmm. So when you look at that without those pieces, and, and let's say the management would have gone in a different direction, would the Browns be the Browns as they are now, or would they be viewed upon as the Browns as they want, as they've been the last 10 years? So I get that. I get your point. I just don't – I don't think there's a winning – solution here. I just don't see where the Bengals will win with someone come in on the outside or the inside. See, and the other problem, too, is, is they're in competition with seven other franchises. One, one quarter of all the NFL franchises is looking for a new head coach, 
So you're in competition with Miami and with Tampa, which offer a lot of things that Cincinnati can't offer. You're in competition with the Jets, number one market in the country. Arizona, obviously the same things as Miami and Tampa. You almost, if you're going to go outside, you're almost going to have to overpay and overcompensate to get somebody in here. And that might not be money. It might go right back to what we were talking about, about control, about amenities, about what you have to work with here, about the ability to go out and actually compete financially for impactful free agents. So it's not just, hey, we got an opening, uh, Josh McDaniel, come here. It's, hey, we got an opening. Oh, and by the way, we got a lot of other things that we're competing with as well. And and everything you said, let's say absolutely correct, because it is. In addition to what you said is the fact of retaining your players that you have on your roster now. That doesn't mean Marvin is the reason that a lot of those players, when they were free agents, they resigned. They yeah. had a fatherly relationship. Let's not take that for granted. You know, people look at this, and I understand a coach should be judged on his record. There's no question about that. However, this is a super unique situation where he's done so much for this community. Mm-hmm. And the thousands of people he's touched with his charitable organization, retaining and getting free agents to come in, and he advanced the Bengals organization for the 21st century. So, as you said, once you get someone and you're competing against other markets, well, who wants to come to Cincinnati? You got to ask yourself that. Right. Who wants to play under these terms and conditions? Who wants to play under the when the ownership is not competing with all the bells and whistles like the Jerry Joneses of the world and the, the, the amenities, as you said, the amenities and the, and the, and the private jets. When, you know, when players look at that now, they truly look yeah. at it. It's just a different breed now, and I don't know how we're going to be able to compete. I hope so, but I just yeah. don't, I don't see it. Tim McGee's our guest, Bengal legend, no question about that. Uh, Eric Bieniemy is the flavor of the month. I mean, he's he's the guy. He's the hot name, and his offense out there in Kansas City is percolating right along, thanks in large part to the quarterback they have. How careful do you have to be about hiring a flavor of the month? Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. What, regardless of how talented he may be or how great of a hire he may be, uh, you got to really and truly look at that with a little bit of a grain of salt, don't you? Well, let me, let's just say this. Eric B. is the perfect coach for the Cincinnati Bengals. In what way? Here's the, here's the reason. You're not going to win with anyone but Bill Belichick here, okay? But 
football turns into it's, – it's two things that happen in the National Football League. You either win or you entertain, or both. Mm-hmm. Eric the enemy can bring the entertainment back, electricity back to Paul Brown Stadium where, let's just face it, people look at the schedule and they go, oh, my gosh. And we didn't have a very good year. But if you score 30 and 40 points per game, if you're lighting it up, people enjoy it. They mm-hmm. sit there and they get something to cheer about. So I don't think the Bengals will be successful in 2019 as it pertains to their record. So entertain the fans. And that's what, remember, he made the emotional decision to get Marvin because of the flatlining of the attendance. So what's better way to get the attendance going on if in preseason you're seeing them light the scoreboard up? Because remember, Kenny, when you're lighting the scoreboard up, you can win on any given day. When your offense is stagnant, well, you know, you just yeah. can't win without scoring. So you and I are in agreement. They've got to go after a guy. And if it's the enemy, great. If it's somebody, they've got to go after a guy on that side of the ball. It's got to be somebody that can come in here and do what you just said, not rely on a coordinator, but rely on his own self-talents uh, to get this thing jump-started and get, uh, get this thing off the dime. It's got to be a guy on the offense side of the ball. I, I think there's no question. And remember, E.B., Eric Bannemi, he played here. He played actually with me. So, you know, he's familiar with the Browns family. Now, the flip side of that is he's gone on to other places and seen how they operate. So I don't know if he can come back to a situation like that and be controlled and be in a situation where you got to meet with the owner every two days, every three days, five days. You know, that's just not something that happens in the uh, NFL. But, yes, they do need an impact offensive-minded coach to come in here and get Andy on the same page. And you know what? And the scary part about that, as we say that, who sounds the best the best person for that job? Hugh Jackson. So that's when Andy has had his full success. Yeah, so, yeah. You, know, you got to be careful. I, yeah, but I, careful. I just don't think, I mean, regardless of how you feel about Jackson as a coach, I just don't think you get the fan base excited if you say, hey, it's going to be Hugh Jackson, and I think that's got to be something that, that Mike Brown has to factor into this decision. It's like Darren Simmons. I'm sure he's a great coach, or, or Bill Lazor. I'm sure he's a great coach, but if you really want to cap, if you really want to turn this town on its head and get people talking about you and buying tickets to your game again, I just, I just don't see how you can stay in-house to hire somebody. But that's the Jerry Jones, Arthur Blank mentality. Hmm. Those guys are trying to put forth their efforts to win the Super Bowl. Right. Mike wants to compete at a level that, as 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 the seasons recycle themselves, that there's going to be ups and downs. He understands that. He, he doesn't believe that you can win the Super Bowl by putting an all-star team out there or all-star coaches out there. So, you know, again, I agree with you 100%. The flavor, do you go with the flavor of the day as an Eric the enemy or do you go with someone that's been here? Well, when you make that decision, yeah, I think he will factor in. If I, if I hire Hugh, he's a, he's a good offensive mind, but the fans may not accept that. Are you, there'll be empty seats in the uh, stadium. All right. Are you ready for this now? I'm going to ask you this one week from today. Do the Bengals have a head coach? And if they do, who is it? I don't think they'll have one. And I, I really, truly don't think oh, so. Okay. Because they, they're going through the interview process, and you know, my sources are telling me they're they have no idea what's going to turn up. They just don't know what. To, remember, they haven't done this in 17 years. Yeah. So, oh. you know, and you kind of have a changing of the guards, so you have the mentality, or will they be on the same page? Will Katie and Troy be on the same page with Mike? Will Mike just ultimately 
make the decision as a dictator, or will it be a family decision no. with yeah. little people? You just don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, back when they hired Marvin, uh, I mean, the the story was Mike wanted Tom Coughlin, and they said, uh, uh, Katie and, and, and her husband, Troy Blackburn, said, well, wait a minute, look, let's look at Marvin Lewis. So who I, I would only think over 17 years, their voices have gotten louder and stronger in this process. And, and again, and you, you, when you look at them, you're probably going to have a more progressive, aggressive approach with, you know, Katie and Troy and, and PB if, if they're involved. Hmm. But you never know because we all, if you've been around the Bengal family long enough to know, you know, there's, there's opinions and then there's one vote. <laughs> <laughs> and you've been around the Bengals long enough to know that. That's for sure. All right, my friend. Thank you so much for doing this. Have a happy new year. I'm sure we'll bump into each other here real soon, but happy 2019. All right. Same to you, brother. Yeah, Timmy McGee. One of my all-time favorites. I don't think he'd be able to spike the ball over his shoulder, though. I, I would be able to. I think I'd make book on that. I don't have anything against any in-house candidate. I don't. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how Darren Simmons would be as a head coach or Bill Lazor. We know how Hugh Jackson would be. Hugh, but here's the problem I have with Hugh Jackson. Okay, yes, the Bengals um, offensively did well when he was the offensive coordinator. But he went to Oakland. He mortgaged the franchise to get Carson Palmer. He finished 8-8, eight and eight, which for that team that year was a good record, got fired and left there bad-mouthing the GM. I just, I have a problem with that. I think how you leave a place not on your own will says more about you than when you leave a place on your own free will. And then he goes to Cleveland, and he knew what he was getting himself into. He was going to work for a front office that had a bunch of baseball people. He knew what he was going into. And it didn't work out. It didn't seem like he got along with those people up there in the front office, Sashi Brown. And then this year, he hires an offensive coordinator. At the very least, he signed off on the hiring of the offensive coordinator, and they never got along. They fought like cat and dog. If you saw Hard Knocks, you saw what I'm talking about. And it got so bad, they were both fired on the same day. So you could say, okay, maybe it was the organizations. Maybe they're two bad organizations. Oakland notoriously is is a tough place to work. Cleveland, uh, in terms of football, up until maybe the last two months, was the moral equivalent of Soviet Union agriculture. But I think if, if Mike Brown trots out Hugh Jackson and says, here's our new head coach, I think the collective reaction in this town would be one giant thud. If they can hire Eric Bieniemy or someone that has that kind of an offense mind, that's the direction they've got to go. New, exciting, fresh, and a fresh set of eyes on a problem that's been around here, not just this season, but the last three. 224 News Radio 700 WLW. 228 News Radio 700 WLW. It's the average American in for the great American on this Wednesday afternoon. How are you and Happy New Year 2019? Thank you for joining us. Dane is in Chevy. It wants to weigh in on this topic. Dane, welcome to the show. 
Dane. Hey, how's it going? All right, Dane, you're on the air. Go right ahead. Uh, first, I'd like to say Marvin Lewis would do just fine at Ohio State if uh, that coach is uh, going to resign. Uh, Marvin Lewis is, is a really, really good coach. Yeah. I, I just think that uh, there were certain policies that kept him from uh, going further than he went. Yeah. And uh, another thing, I think Joey Porter would make an excellent coach for the Bengals because he knows the AFC North, and he don't take he don't take no hubbub from anybody. Yeah, well, I mean, you got to have I, 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 you know, Joey Porter is an interesting name. I. I mean, there are a lot of interesting names out there. They need somebody on the offensive side of the ball. They need somebody that understands the way the game is played in 2019. And I, I listen, I, I'm with you. I, I was one of the few voices in this town that said Marvin Lewis was a good coach, is a good coach. Shouldn't talk about him in the past tense. I don't think he's going to Ohio State. That guy is, <laughs> he's only been on the job two days, but... The fact is, is I, I think Marvin Lewis knows how to coach. He did some things that confounded a lot of us during, during games, but every single NFL coach does that, even the great Bill Belichick. But it just was, it was time. His voice had gone stale, and this, this team has gone stale, and there are a lot of things in play. There's fan base in play. There's getting the team back on its feet in play. And look, again, this is a franchise that's going to be looking for a new lease, if not a new stadium, in the very near future. So if your team stinks and your fan base is apathetic, those aren't exactly great things to go looking for or with when you're looking for a new lease or a new stadium. 2.30 News Radio, 700 WLW. All right, fans, the Boston Garden, Saturday night, August 3rd, 8 p.m. I don't mind telling you, from top to bottom, an absolutely spectacular card. For you gentlemen out there who uh, have an eye for beauty, we have a couple of the greatest lady wrestlers in all of the world. The Spider Lady to meet Susan Starr. More on that later. Randy Macho Man Savage squaring off from Italy, Salvatore Belomo, and George Wells stand out for many years in the Canadian Football League to do battle with Brutus Beefcake. Quick draw, Rick McGraw out of Charlotte, North Carolina, facing the veteran Terry Funk from Amarillo, Texas. Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff will be squaring off against Rowdy Roddy Piper. And whatever Piper tells you, whatever he thinks himself, please do not underestimate Paul Orndorff in light of everything that has happened over the past four or five months. Mr. Fuji. You and Don Morocco to meet the Junkyard Dog and Ricky Steamboat. Hello. 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 <laughs> Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Oh, boy, you bonehead. Oh, right, guy. Seg, you know who else died today? Who else, Ken Brew? Super Dave Osborne. No way. The guy that played Officer Judy on the Smothers Brothers and then had all those... He was uh, Albert Brooks's older brother, Super Dave Osborne. Wow. He was the guy that did all the uh, stunts. Like uh, he was like the modern day evil Knievel. Seventy six, same age as Mean Gene. Bingo. So if you're seventy six right now, I'd watch myself. That's true. Well, wait a minute. Isn't Willie seventy six? Not yet. Oh, okay. He's, I think he's uh, seventy one. All right. Going on. 16. But. Seg, we have a guest here in the studio. Who's here in the studio? Yes, we do, Ken Brew, and uh, it is the uh, general manager extraordinaire of uh, Miami Valley Gaming, 
It's the man himself, Jerry Abner, is in the house today. And it begins Friday, right, Jerry? It does. Live harness racing is back this Friday. Uh, Friday and Saturday nights, it's uh, 6.05 p.m. post times. And then uh, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday matinees, 2.05 post times. Who's the greatest harness jockey of all time? That's a great question, and I'm sure you can Google that, and we'll we'll get that to you. But we've got 30 of the best uh, current uh, jockey drivers that are coming in for our uh, North American uh, Drivers Challenge. It's our third annual challenge. It's uh, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. I put you on the spot there with that question, didn't I? Oh, that's okay. I'm, I'm used to it. It's great. And we will. We'll Google it here in a minute. And right. We'll, we'll, we'll get Not on this computer. It's crashing, but don't worry about it. If you got a phone there that's good, it might work. Absolutely. So you start Friday. What time is, uh, what time is post time? Uh, 6.05 on Friday and okay. Saturday nights. So 6.05 on Friday and Saturdays and then 2.05 on Sundays, Mondays, and Tuesdays. Yep. So harness racing is a you know it's a it's a fun sport, right? I mean it's 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 uh you gotta you gotta know the jockey as well as the horse, right? And it's a different technique than like thoroughbred racing. Uh, absolutely, uh, and they like to be called drivers, uh, not jockeys. And so I would drivers. Catch some, I would catch some heck if uh, if I went back. Why and do they, they said, like to be called drivers? Well, because they you know they're gonna sit in the sulky and they actually drive the horse as opposed to the jockey who ah. rides the horse. Okay. So, are, are the horses still called horses? Uh, the horses are still okay. called horses. Okay, I wasn't sure there. Yeah, the horses get way less offended than people. Right. Well, yeah, people are very sensitive. You know what you need, Ken Brew, is you need to be in the uh, starter's truck for a unique perspective on things. Anytime you want to come up, we'll make that happen for you. What do you do? You sit in the truck? What do you do? Sit in the truck, and you're looking back at the horses, and they are snorting. They are ready to go. You're looking back at the Woody driving backwards? No, you're driving forwards. You're looking backwards. Why would I be looking backwards? And then the, gate is right, the gate is right there, and it comes right, right around to your head. If the car is going forward, if the truck's going forward, why would I be looking backward? you got to look what back they, at like, the like horses. They're, they're chasing me? Yeah. Yes, yeah. Really? And, I mean, they're yeah. snorting and ready to go, and they are ornery. Like, if it wasn't me, would there be a guy sitting there that they'd be chasing? Or what, you're just going to put me in the back of the truck? Uh, just put you back yeah, we'll just put you, for, for starters, would probably be good. But Seg's done it. He's, he's talking from experience. And this North American Drivers Challenge is the 6th. I start Sunday, yeah. Sunday. So Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, it is uh, 30 of the best uh, harness uh, racing drivers uh, uh, from North America. Uh, this is the third year we've done it. Uh, $25,000 in cash prize money that they're competing for. Yeah. And uh, it's uh, it'll be some of the, the best uh, harness racing that uh, you'll see if you come out. I like your commercials. Who's the guy that plays Bucky? Uh, so uh, we have uh, Bucky is uh, he's actually from Columbus, Ohio. His Bucky's name, from Columbus. Yeah, his name's Dan. Dan. And uh, so uh, he uh, is a yeah, short drive down. So he uh, Bucky does make a few appearances. Now the uh, woman, what's her story? Uh, so her name uh, is Lucy. Lucy. And uh, she's also uh, she's local f- uh, from the area. Yeah. And uh, it's with lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause, 
Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should, too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Uh, the Lucky Buckeye Company is uh, chugging away, got through the holidays, yeah. you know, cranking out all those Lucky Buckeyes. Right. And uh, if you don't have a Lucky Buckeye, stop out at the player services desk. We'll get you one for the new year. And the guy that, uh, the big, uh, the big good looking guy that people confuse me with, what's his story? Uh, so. Uh, <laughs> I, I wasn't aware there was any confusion, but I'll, I'll check no, on that. No, there is. No, oh, okay. it's tremendous confusion. <laughs> Tremend- okay. Right. We, we'll look into that. Okay. Um, What's so, his story? You know anything about him? Uh, well, you know, Bucky, he's the, the Buckeye Farmer. He's the one that keeps no, wait, you uh, got, all you the got Buckeye. You got the Buckeye Farmer. Correct. And you got uh, the local woman. The guy woman. in the tie. But, and then that's who you're talking oh, about. Oh, the manager. Yeah, you're talking no, about not, the manager. Nobody cares about the manager, Gary. <laughs> uh, but it's the guy that's actually the driver. Who's the driver? Oh, so that is actually, uh, so in the commercial that you're referencing, that yeah. is the manager dressed up as a harness racing oh, driver. he's got a real crooked smile. I he like does. that. He does, yeah. So he's the manager of the... He's uh, the manager of the Lucky Buckeye Company. Holy crow. So it's all in the family. So it's all in the family. Yeah. Right. Now, uh, how, so how many races do you have each uh, meet, each day? Uh, so uh, they'll start, uh, like I said, on Friday and Saturday nights. Post time is at 6.05. Yeah. Um, you can go to our website, MiamiValleyGaming.com, right. and check out uh, um, all of the cards. They'll be right. posted every day. Um, right. And, uh, you know, this depends on uh, day of the week, but uh, we tend to run full cards, so 12-plus races. Um, and they're usually those races are all full, so you're not going to get out there and see four yeah. or five horses. We're right. ten plus horses in most races. Seg, you've been there, right? Heck yeah! Got a place to eat up there? Uh, always, yes. Okay, good. Two great places, two or three great places to eat. I mean, at, at, in, the, in the actual place, not the, yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, not the places you go to. No. Okay. What's going on in sports? Uh, Ken Brew, the uh, Stooge Report, is a proud service of your local Tempstar heating and air conditioning dealers. Tempstar, quality you can feel in southeastern Indiana. Call Joe Eckstein at Eckstein Heating and Cooling at 812-932-2026. What happens when you call her? What Uh, do they say? Joe Eckstein Heating and Cooling, can I help you? Okay. Tempstar, quality you can feel. That's what I said. That's what you tell them. Exactly. Uh, Tulane and uh, the Cincinnati Bearcats tonight at 6 right here on 700 WLW. Mm. Xavier and Seton Hall from the Centos Center at 6 on 55 KRC. UC by 21, Xavier by 8. Uh, Hot Stove League uh, is uh, live from the Holy Grail Banks at 6.05, Fox Sports 1360. Beers with Marty. Uh, reports are that uh, former Broncos head coach and Bengals assistant Vance Joseph will be in town tomorrow to interview uh, with the head coaching position. They may close the town down. Amen. Current uh, Kansas City Chiefs uh, offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy will be in town on Friday. To, to interview with the Bengals? Or Correct. Or have beers with Marty? Maybe he's coming out to he Miami Valley Gaming. He coming out to Miami Valley Gaming. If Eric Bieniemy was here, would you have him out, Absolutely. Uh, Jerry? Okay. Absolutely. Good. I'm just trying to make a deal here. That's all I'm trying to do. Go ahead, Sack. I didn't mean uh, Let's see. Hugh Jackson apparently is uh, going to interview as early as today. Oh, boy. Here there we go. There you go. Uh, in-house candidates Darren Simmons and Bill Lazor have also already been interviewed. I don't know how I can stand the excitement. Me neither. Uh, and uh, let's see what else is. Uh, that's about it, Ken Brew. That's it? There's, there's nothing else uh, except Luke Fickle's a candidate for the uh, West Virginia job, according to Yahoo that Sports. He's not going anywhere. No, Jerry, uh, so you, 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 got, you, got, you got racing up there. 
You've got great places to eat, according to Seg. How many places you got? Because he didn't have a number for me. Uh, we have four. So four we places. Have, uh, You're telling two or three. Four. Yeah. Well, you know, Seg loves our Acres Buffet. Uh, is that so, right? Uh, Amen. What else do you have up there? The uh, Acres Buffet? What else? Uh, we have Sin City, which is our uh, steakhouse. Sin. Oh, really? Okay. Um, and then uh, we have uh, a, a quick service restaurant called uh, Trifecta. So they have great uh, burgers, pizza. Just get it out. You know, have a burger. Get out there. Or, Absolutely. Yeah. And then Envy Perks is our coffee shop. Coffee shop. And uh, it's a race. Casino, right? So you it have you, there. There are places to to wage your money inside. One armed bandits and things like that. Correct. So uh, we have about nineteen hundred gaming machines, mm. um, and uh, we're open, like you said, twenty four seven. Twenty four seven. Yep. So if I were to go up there, like at three thirty in the morning, you'd be open. We would be waiting for you. Yep. But the horses wouldn't be there. No, nah, the horses uh, horses wouldn't be there. They, they got to get to rest. Yeah. Do you, and, and you have regulars, obviously, people that come in, but you have people from outside the area that come in. You know, it's a good place to go, I would think. Oh, absolutely. So you know, hot date place. You could take. It a is a hot date place. Is it so, really? Yeah, actually, absolutely. So we have a lot uh, of babes. Well, you know, I'm I'm probably not allowed to say that. Why but not? I'll, I'll go with. Why uh, can't you say that? Well, they'd probably. Frown I just on said that, it. I just you did. Well, and I appreciate you. saying I could that. say that. Yeah, absolutely. Right. How say do you know. I don't know. I'm saying. Oh, okay. I'm just I'm checking. You, got, you know, you got gambling. You got horses. You got four places to eat. You probably have hot babes. I'm just saying. You probably have that. I'm just you, trying. You to, would know that more than anybody no, I'm else. I'm just trying. I'm just trying to play this out logically. That's. I all. got you. I got so. Um, so, uh, so this, so I'm kind of intrigued by this drivers challenge. What happens at the end of that? Is it like one driver is just anointed like the greatest driver? Uh, so they compete for points. Um, so uh, each race that they race in over the three days, uh, they amass points. So it's a points challenge. Um, and then at the uh, the end, again, there's twenty five thousand dollars worth of uh, prize money that's up wow. for grabs. Wow! Um, and nope. it is uh, it is a. Uh, Kind of a virtual who's who, 30 of the the best drivers. So Aaron Merriman, uh, who's the reigning national dash champion and 2018 driver of the year. Um, He's got over 10,000 career wins. Um, He'll be participating. Eight of the drivers have surpassed the 5,000 win plateau. And five more have over uh, 4,000 wins. Uh, so it's uh, it's a lot of the best drivers uh, competing on they're what we think is the best track in Ohio. They're all over the place. They're just all over the place. Absolutely. Are there any female drivers? Uh, there are. Yeah. Um, not many, but no. uh, there are a few. Yep, so I, I'm so. trying to get a feel for what's going on up there. I mean, I know about it. I know about Bucky, and I know about you know the manager with the crooked smile. I know about the woman, <laughs> and now I know about the the, the big uh, North American Driver Challenge. So, and how long do you, how long do you uh, do you go? You start Friday. How long does this go? Like in terms of the year? Sure. What? So uh, we. Uh, start uh, the first uh, weekend here in January, and we will race uh, all the way through uh, the first weekend in May. Um, it uh, generally culminates always with uh, falls on uh, Kentucky Derby weekend. Okay. And then what do you do? You go on vacation for seven months, or what do you do, Jerry? Uh, well, we take a little bit of break, but uh, we have a lot of things that go on uh, in our grandstand and outside on the track. We have a lot oh. of festivals, so we have oh, a big okay. food truck festival that we do. We cool. have a craft beer festival. Cool. Again, okay. you can uh, get all that info at MiamiValleyGaming.com. Dot com. Well, good luck. This sounds like a really cool deal, and uh, it's just off I-75. Exit, uh, is it 29? Exit 29. Exit 20. What do you do when you're going, like, say, north from here? Do you make a right or a left? Uh, so when uh, you're uh, coming from Cincinnati, you uh, jump off on the exit. Uh, we're uh, diagonal to the Cincinnati Premium Outlets. They're great neighbors of ours, so sure. you can do a little shopping while you're at our exit, too. Okay, not hard to find. Not hard to find at all. Good luck. He's got his Cincinnati shirt on here, Seg.
Amen to that. Are you a Bearcats fan? I am. I yeah, my son and I. Uh, it's uh, it's our birthday, so I share a birthday with my son today. And so we're today's uh, your birthday. Today is my birthday, and, and your son's birthday. birthday. That's right. So we're going what to Bearcats a great game. B- birthday present that was a son born on your birthday. Well, absolutely. My wife said she's not getting me another gift ever. Well, no, she shouldn't. <laughs> she gave you everything. She gave you the best gift you're ever going to get in your life, pal. Absolutely. Wow. Thank you for coming in, Jerry. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Why doesn't this guy talk? Todd, he just sells. Okay. Said, get us out of the Stooge Report. Ken Brew, in honor of uh, Miami Valley Gaming, exit 29 off I-75. I just said that. We leave you with the immortal and proud sponsor of the Racing Report, by the way. What uh, what Racing Report? On Sunday nights. Okay, we'll go right ahead. We leave you with the immortal words of the Stooge Report. We do? Sergeant Slaughter, you've been in <laughs> seclusion Sergeant now Slaughter. for well over a month. Huh. In my travels around the country... <laughs> There isn't a person who doesn't agree that you got what you deserved at SummerSlam. As a matter of fact, I think you got exactly what you deserved during that match made in hell. You're right. I got exactly what I deserved at that match made in hell at SummerSlam. When I reflect back, I don't blame my friends for never wanting to speak to me again. I've lost them. There's nothing I can do about that. I don't expect my family to ever forgive me for what I did. I have to live with that. She's still alive. I don't expect anybody to look at Sergeant Slaughter and say, oh, we're sorry, Sergeant Slaughter. I deserve exactly what I got. But there's one thing above all those things I just spoke of that I want. And I want it real, real bad. And that is, I want my country back. How about that? You know, when I was... I think that was Donald Trump, wasn't it, instead of Sergeant Slaughter? When I was out in Tulsa, it's another wrestling story. Is this this when you you went with Haystacks Calhoun? What was the other guy's name? Skandar Akbar. I think he's the backup goalie for the Cyclones. There was a guy that lived out there named Cowboy Bill Watts. Big, big name back in the 60s and 70s. And I went over to do, uh, I was I was doing a series called Professional Wrestling, Fixed, Fake, or For Real. Oh, I bet you. Yes. I bet you you got welcomed so in. So I, well. I went to Cowboy Bill Watts' house. Is this, and, is this uh, Channel 6, like, on Channel your 6, side? KOTV, it, it, Knockout it, it, TV. Investigates. Right. Okay. So we go to his house, and he lives on this farm. And he's got this huge pond, and we're driving in, and we see all these like these these fish, these goldfish women. I go, oh, that guy's got a goldfish pond. So we get in, we get inside the house, and I'm I'm saying, you know, we do the whole thing. And he says to me, he says, you know, before he tore my head off, and he says, you want to see what's for real? Go, yeah. Goes out to the pond, gets a goldfish. He had in his family room a giant. It had to be at least a ten thousand gallon tank with piranha in it. <laughs> And he drops the goldfish in there. That thing didn't last three seconds. And he looks at me and says, that's for real. Cowboy Bill Watts. I don't even you, know if he's alive. You might have been next. I don't even know. If he, How'd you get out of there alive? He, he always wore those trunks with like two horseshoes on his butt. You know, it looked like he got kicked by a horse. I'm just telling you my experiences in life, Seg. Unbelievable. Jerry, did you Mac. find that interesting, what I just said? I found it very interesting. See that? It's, 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 it's amazing. All right, Seg, thank you. You're going to write a book? Oh, I've already written one. Oh, okay. I'm just looking for a publisher.
Jerry, uh, good luck on the uh, on the meet that begins on Friday night. Sounds like a great place. I may be out. Yeah, well, anytime. I may be out to eat. See if there are any hot babes. Maybe uh, you know, if a driver gets sick, I can jump out there. Absolutely. I might be too big and too heavy, but you never know. No, you actually, put the white uh, horse in front of me. Yeah. I could win. Maybe. Maybe. I Absolutely. could win. Okay. Two fifty two News Radio seven hundred WLW. 256 News Radio 700 WLW, Rocky Boyman, along with Eddie Fingers, together again. They're in today, right? Need a scorecard here. Can't tell the players without a scorecard here. But Rocky and Eddie are together again. Uh, coming up at 3 o'clock, they'll take you right till 6 o'clock. Uh, Larry's been hanging on on a cell for a while and wants to weigh in on the whole Bengals head coaching thing. Larry, go right ahead. Yeah, how are you, Ken? All right, Larry. You, I hope you are, too. I am, and I just want to say you're my favorite uh, personality on WLW. Uh, well, that's very kind. Thank you, Larry. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Um, anyway, I would just like to see a coach that can, will have a balanced offense on running and passing. You know, Marvin was obviously pass, pass, pass. When in doubt, let's pass the ball. And, you know, you control the clock with the run. So many advantages to running and with Joe Mixon. Yeah, I agree. They Gotta lo- run them. Well, they lost track of Joe Mixon this year. I don't know why, but uh, the offensive coordinator, uh, Laser, lost track of the guy. There were too many right. games this year where he was only carrying the ball 11, 12, 13, 14 times. He was their best weapon. And they, they exactly. yeah, they just they lost track of him. Right. So I just hope we get a coach that has a sense to – you know, know that you have to run. Run is right. just as important as passing. Right, yeah. I mean, uh, Larry, thank you for the call. That, that's it. Look, it's not tough. It really isn't. In this day and age in the National Football League, you've got to score points. A lot of points. Look at the teams that are successful. The two best teams in football, in my opinion, are the Saints and the Chiefs. Rams are right up there, too. But the Saints and the Chiefs, what do they do? What do they have? I don't think the Bengals are a bad team. I think they have some nice pieces. I think their safeties are really good. Fedulum, Bates, Williams, I think they're good. Uh, I can't tell you how much how good I think William Jackson the, the third is. He didn't do a lot this year. Um, but it might be because that the other teams weren't throwing at him. On their, on their defensive line, they have Geno Atkins. Carlos Dunlap, I think, regressed this year. I just think he did. But he's still a very good player. But that's it. Their linebacking core was terrible. I don't, I don't want to hear about it. It was terrible. On offense, you have Mixon. You have Boyd. You have A.J. Green. You have Andy Dalton. And you have... Uh, the the left uh, the left guard bowling. That's it. Everybody else is just kind of a guy, kind of average. Billy Price may be somebody really good at some point. I think he will be. John Ross may be a serviceable NFL player. He's never going to be a number one wide receiver. So you have some nice pieces, but you don't really have a great team. It's going to take a lot of work and work outside of the draft. And any of these candidates that they're interviewing, particularly the ones from outside the organization, if I'm them, that's the first question I ask. What are you, Mike Brown, going to do to make my job easier to win besides just drafting players on draft day? Well, we can continue this topic from now until ad nauseum.
Yes, but uh, nobody wants to get sick. They just want to hear the the real stars on the station. Rocky Boyman, Eddie Fingers, next on News Radio seven hundred WLW. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.